sportsman. Is it time for his trial so soon? He counts the number of steps to the courtroom, the number of people clustered in small groups, whispering, fewer than he thought there would be. For a moment, he dares to hope they will let him go. He counts the seconds it takes for that hope to die, more than there should be. The guards throw him to his knees. The judge speaks a string of words, too fast to count. Only one matters anyway, one word that changes him forever. Guilty. He shakes his head. How is it possible? There's been a mistake of some kind. Don't they know who he is? The judge steps aside, gesturing to a black doorway that stands in the center of the room, tall as a man, but narrow, thin. It is a coffin, an open grave. Crushing fear robs him of his sight, his breath. Oh yes, they know exactly who he is. The guards strip off his shirt. It is only a rag, he is glad to be rid of it. They spread his arms wide, bending them back as though they are angel wings primed for flight. But there is no escape. The guards pull him down, strap him down. He can smell burning iron in the air. He can feel burning iron on his skin. He screams as fire rings his wrists, manacling him with pain. He counts his screams distantly, dispassionately, fewer than he thought there would be. It seems to take a long time to wrap the scorching, burning bands on his skin, longer still for the fine detail work to be placed delicately on his inner wrists. He counts the number of times he is grateful they didn't break his fingers or his hands instead. The fear is gone. Even the pain is gone, eventually. Numbness sets in like frost, like ice, moving through him like a glacier, burning like banked coals. Underneath his skin, he knows he will survive this, vows to survive this. They stand him on shaking legs, unsteady feet. They stand him before the door, a freestanding frame, unattached to anything. It's impossible to think it could lead anywhere, but he knows better. He knows very well what waits behind that door. The judge speaks a few more words, meaningless gibberish. His whole world has narrowed in focus to the black slab before him. There is no handle, no window. It is a door designed to swallow, to consume, to leave nothing behind. He notices that the polished brass hinges open only one way, in. He wonders why he notes this detail. It's not as though anyone will ever come out. Now that he is closer, he can see the faint etchings, black on black, that cover the once smooth surface, lines and angles folding in on themselves in a complicated labyrinth, whirling galaxies, a rising tide, a spiral shell, circles and crescents and stars. In the center of the mosaic is an hourglass, the top bulb filled with individual grains of sand just beginning to slide through the narrow neck. He can almost hear the thrumming hum of trapped music straining to break free. Almost. Almost. The potential is suffocating him. The beauty brings tears to his eyes. Almost. He reminds himself he must pay tribute to the creator of this door.
this work of art, this machine that will transform him, transport him, translate him. The judge asks him if he has any last words. He thinks about that phrase for a long time. Last words. Does he even know any words that will last? Beyond time? Beyond that door? He thinks about the last words he said to his mother, his brother, his lover, distantly amused that they ended up all being the same words. He can still taste them in his mouth, sweet and exotic. He will not say them, he vows, not here, not in front of these men in this towering black door, maybe not ever again. But he has other equally potent, equally powerful last words. Go to hell. The men laugh. Even the judge hides a smile.